I want you to turn to Micah 6. Micah 6, 6 through 8 is where we're going to be today. Um, you, you're, is anybody still tracking with us reading? Anybody still chronologically reading? Let me see your hands. Okay, good. Keep going. If, you're, if, you, if you've gotten off, you can pick it up tomorrow because we have Bibles that have literally tomorrow in there and you can just jump in there and go. Okay? If you need help with wanting to know where we are, we've got it on the website. The reading plan's there. Everything's there. But we are reading chronologically the big story of God this year. And right now, we're in Hosea. I mean, Micah. Hosea was last week. Uh, Micah 6, 6 through 8. And the question is, what does the Lord require of you? Let's read this text. What can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring Him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God Most High with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer Him thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No. O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what He requires of you. To do what is right. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with God. Oh, Heavenly Father, just illuminate this for us. Let us hear from you. Let us apply it to our life and be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, we see some things going on with this text. And if you're not exactly familiar, if you're not tracking with us, you may not know exactly what is going on. We've got Micah the prophet who is talking to the Israelites here. And, and, and again, y'all know the Israelites, right? Let's just say roller coaster at best. Good days, bad days, obedient days, disobedient days. So far in the text, who agrees with me that it looks like the disobedient days are outweighing the obedient days? Anybody? Um, well, it's, it's kind of bad. And the prophet right here is directed literally, uh, this, is, this is wild. Uh, this is wild. Directed to humiliate and convict the Israelites to see change. Now, when I was growing up, we had this thing, and I've talked about this before. That, you know, we, when, when you're growing up, you're kind of given the foundations of life, right? This is what's important. Hot dogs on Saturday lunch are important, right? There's something that, that happened right after hot dogs at 1130. And at 12 o'clock, this happened every Saturday. And it was critically important, RJ. It was called... Mid-South Wrestling. It was coming. That's what I'm talking about. It was out of Memphis, Tennessee. Ladies, don't shake your head. I saw that over there. We, this, is, this is important stuff here. Okay? I mean, does the word JYD mean anything to you? Okay? I mean, all that good stuff. I mean, all, the Von Erics. I mean, I mean, this stuff is serious business. Alright? There was this thing that, that happened as part of the very serious, very athletic, non-made-up, nothing-like-that wrestling match that would happen. And, and, and here's what happened. There was a session of taunting. Okay? There was a session of taunting, and one of my favorites was a guy, and I just want to see if anybody knows who this is, Jim Hacksaw Dugan. Anybody? Duggan. There we go. I'm, I'm corrected on the title of the name. I like that. So here's the thing, 
there was a two-by-four involved and an American flag. Now, y'all, I, I don't know if it gets any more redneck than that. I'm just going to say that. Okay? You with me, Christy? Okay? And he would come in, and he's, he's a big old large and in-charge man, and he would let you know what was about to happen in that ring. You know, I kind of feel like that in this story. That Micah's warning the people, hey, listen, you got to get this right. You got, he's taunting them and saying, you've done all these, but it's not what God requires. It's not the thing. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not living like you're supposed to be living. He even says, the Lord has told you what is good. And you're making up all this other stuff and you're fabricating these things. You're even asking questions, should I sacrifice my own child? The Lord has told you what is good. You know, it's interesting. If you look at the word good and you, you compare it and contrast it to other texts in the Scripture. Jesus Himself, do you remember when He was asked about this? And they said, they called Him good teacher. Do you remember that? What was His response about the word good? His response was this. Good? You call me good? No one's good but God alone. And what He was doing was then, He was turning the words on the person that he was really saying, are you calling me God? And this, this idea that we can be good seems so far off. In your quiet times, in your moments of contemplation, the thought of being good, your being, who you are, the thought of you, the thought of me being good, Y'all look, i got to just be honest and candid. That seems like a million miles away from reality. It doesn't seem like it's even possible for me to be good. Because I beat myself up and I have a tendency to, to, to self, you know, just self-deprivating, just defeating and all those things. Say what I can't do, what I'm not good at, or I'm not accomplishing a goal, or not doing things right. I thought about it in this text and it says... The Lord has told you what is good. Maybe it's not about, and this is going to seem reverse on a lot of, of the teaching that you normally hear because I believe that we need to be first. Like our being who we are is the most important thing. It's in Christ and it's our identity. But in this text, maybe it's about doing something. Maybe it's about doing good. Maybe you and I should do good, and maybe if you don't think you can be good, you ready? Maybe start with doing something good. Does that make sense? Just tangibly do something good. The Lord has told you what is good. Our actions matter. True or false? They do. Our actions matter. It says, the next in 8b, it says, the Lord does require these things of you. And this is what He requires of you. This idea that God requires something of you. To the lost, this seems only the way God is. Like He's just full of lists and He's just full of things you can and can't do. And all of those things and I'll never measure up to God. The sad truth about most Christians is we're completely the opposite. We live in this world that if we're good enough, and if we do enough good stuff, 
then we can measure up. And you know what happens all of a sudden? We expect God's blessing. We expect God's not only blessings, but to do whatever we ask. Have you ever heard the parallels of saying that God's like Santa Claus? Or saying that God is like a butler? And you call to Him for certain things and those things you want and those things you need. Or God is a genie in a bottle. I want you to understand that yes, maybe doing some good things is a place to start in this text. But it's not the place to end. The Lord requires things of us as we follow Him, as we love Him, as we live in Him. But sometimes the things that we think God might require of us are not the things that He requires of us. The text previous to this, do you remember what it says? What can we bring the Lord? Should we bring Him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God the Most High? All these things. I want to tell you that the, the, the precepts and concepts that God has put in Scripture, for instance, this talks specifically about offerings. We talked last week about how it's very important in the summertime to make sure that you're tithing and you're giving offerings. That might seem, you know, just very to you. That's not the point. It's a case of obedience to God. He tells us that. He even says that when we give financially, when we give to the storehouse, that He will unlock the blessings and it will overflow and be overwhelming. What an incredible day. All these things to see that the Lord does have requirements for His children. Take just a moment and think. What could it be that the Lord really requires? What could it be that I'm supposed to be doing, believing, living in, so that I can live out the things that God wants? Well, good news, the prophet lays it out right here. First thing he says is do what's right. In your Bible, it may say it this way, act justly. Who's heard of act justly before? Anybody? Of course you have. It's in the text, it's Micah 6, 8, and it says that, that, you're, that you and I are supposed to act justly. This big word, justly. You, you can just sit there, read it, and go, oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm acting justly. I, I don't... I don't do bad stuff too much. I haven't lied to my mom lately. Or have I? Act justly is actually a huge, big, big phrase. God put us here on planet Earth. Are we responsible to each other? Am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for atrocities that are happening to Christians in the Middle East right now? Do I need to encourage and pray for brothers and sisters in China that are getting persecuted to the point of death? Is justice look more like helping people we don't even know than just not doing bad things. There's some things in our world today that we call humanitarian efforts. 
And they are. Because they do a lot of great things for people. But the church, the called, the equipped, the children of God, we're called not to be humanitarian as we take care of physical, mental, and spiritual needs of others. But we're called to take Jesus to them as well. For us to act justly means we might need to go serve at a food kitchen with our family on vacation. It means that we might need to send some money to an organization that helps people because they don't have any money and they really need the money for the help. And it's worth every penny. I don't know what it means for you. But I know there have been times where God literally spoke, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I had to pull money out of my pocket and be obedient with it. I know there's times where I wanted to go and do something about it. Stand up for somebody that couldn't stand up. Speak out for somebody that couldn't speak out. Acting just is a huge thing in our world today. Because the last thing I want to encourage you to do is be political about anything. I want to ask you to be godly about everything. Have you all ever heard of the book? Since I went there, I'll go there. Have y'all ever heard of the book, Jesus is not Democrat or Republican? Y'all ever heard of that? Okay. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. He's not. He's not. As, if he were going to be in politics, it would probably look a little bit from here, a little bit from here, a little bit from here, whatever. But that's not what Jesus came for. Jesus came to save the lost and the dying. And it's up to us, his ambassadors, his children, to show the way. First step, act justly. Second step is to love mercy. This is one of those in Scripture that it seems easy at first. Like, oh, I love, who doesn't love mercy? Right? Okay, another test for the, for the church today. Have you ever done something that you did not deserve mercy for? Raise your hand. Alright. Have you ever done something you did not deserve mercy for, but you got mercy? Raise your hand. If you love that, raise your hand. <laughs> Mine generally has to do with my dad and a belt. You know? Like, I never did hear... <laughs> Frank Mullins used the phrase, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts. No, 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 no. No. There's maybe even a little smile, Rusty. You know? Maybe he had that smile. Not Jimmy, you wouldn't know anything about all that. Had a little, had a little grin there. But I do remember sometimes that belt coming off. And while we were in a discussion, I said discussion, like talking, he'd be putting that belt back on. 
And he showed me some incredible mercy. When I promise you, which is not going to be hard to believe, I didn't deserve it. Mercy's great to receive it, right? All of us love to receive mercy. We love mercy. Do you love to give mercy out? Do you love to give mercy to others? Just like you love to receive it. There's a story in the New Testament where man owes another man. And he goes to those that owe him and fuss at them and everything, but he wants to be fine. Mercy is incredibly important to receive and it is incredibly important to give out. We must give to others that which the Lord has given us. So, quick recap. Act justly, love mercy. What's next? Walk humbly with God. We must walk humbly with God. Now I'm going to tell you what. You have no idea what this word means. You have no idea what this word humble means. I'm about to teach you this word. You ready? Like if you don't take away anything else, take this away. A few years ago, there became a popular snack food. Pita bread and hummus. Okay? So the word hummus in Latin... Man, y'all didn't know you were going to Latin class today, did you? I mean, the word hummus is where humility is, where humble it's where it came from. The word hummus means, you ready? Face down to the ground. That is what it means to walk humbly with God. That we know our place. That we're in a spirit of worship and adoration to God. It's the healthy fear of the Lord. You've got to remember that you are not God. He is. Biblical humility is that we are in a state of not even being able to look at God because He is so incredible. Remember last week we joked, if you tell somebody you're humble, you're not. I looked up uh, some words of the great contemporary theologian, Tim McGraw. He has a song called Humble and Kind. It says, always stay humble and kind. Hold the door, say please, say thank you, don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. I know you got mountains to climb, but... Always stay humble and kind. When the dreams you're dreaming come to you and the work you're putting in is realized, let yourself feel that pride inside, but always stay humble and kind. Don't expect a free ride from no one. Don't hold a grudge or a chip, and here's why. Oh, this is good. Bitterness keeps you from flying. Always stay humble and kind. Always stay humble and kind. Don't take for granted the love, and it says this life, Gives you, but I put I put this in there. Don't take for granted the Lord, the love the Lord gives you. When you get where you're going, don't forget to turn back around and help the next one in line. Always stay humble and kind. Act justly. Love mercy. And walk 
humbly with God. That is what he requires of us. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, you know, sometimes we just miss it. Sometimes we think we're hitting, we're hitting it exactly how we should and it just is a foul ball and goes off the end of the bat. And Other times we, we don't feel good about our swing and, and we really make good connection. God, as you require these things of us, let us live in accordance. Let us do it right and act justly. Let us receive and give out mercy with love. And Lord, let us walk, stay in step with you, humbly, face down, an attitude of grace an attitude of gratefulness and giving so that we can be compelled by the love of Christ to live our faith so that others may want to do the same we love you O oh Lord it's in Jesus name we pray Amen, Amen.